From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. I smoke weed and everybody else gets high. That is being recorded. <laughs> Did you see the... Um... The, the, okay, we're live. All right, we're live now. <laughs> Sam Quaterian, it's the Black Wine Guy experience. <laughs> right, there you go. Hey everybody, what's up? It's your boy MJ. Welcome to the Winemakers Pod. My guests today are Sam Quaterian, Bart Hansen, and Jeremy Leffert. We also have Casey Nastenhouse. We have Matthew Burns. We're going to get him on the mic. He's a funny guy. He just drinks a lot of wine. He's not really... He's wine adjacent. Wine um, adjacent. And we got Jeff Cohen in the house. But he's, yeah, what happened to Jeff? I think he's talking his to his car, wife. His car's still here. <laughs> okay. What's, I can't believe this is happening. I know. Here we are. Paso. How long have we talked about this? Um, well, we've talked Forever. about this since I was, you guys had me, I was, you're like the real first wine podcast I was on. Like you guys were, were peeping me on like like Instagram. July 2020 something. Yeah, it was back in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Because you hadn't, you hadn't launched. No, I hadn't launched. I just was talking shit. Like, you know, I literally said, well, I'm going to have a podcast. I didn't even have a producer then. What's I, a producer? <laughs> I think all of us in the room have been on the IG lives. Yeah. So, that, yes. yeah, so yeah. yeah, we all, very cool, Jeremy. Yeah, we all have, um, we all like connected during uh, crazy pandemic time. Right. And I did an IG live with each of you guys. Um, all three of you guys have been nice enough to send me wine and continue to send me wine. So that's a perk of a podcast. Um but like, and so how is it that this all happened today? Oh, I we're here for Hospice to Rome. Oh, yeah. is, that, is that why I'm drinking a 1989 Sonoma Cabernet Cab Franc? Yeah, of course. <laughs> listen, we, what did we drink oh. last night, Jeremy? We had a bunch of Cabernet. Yeah, because we know we're just going to be, I hate to say it, but we're going to be rowing the fuck out. By <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of. There's a lot of Grenache in our future. Yeah. So it's not like any anybody anywhere in the world ever wants to hear anybody complain about that. Right. But it will be like, yeah, let's. Uh, so it's just going to be like normal oh, yeah. life. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I mean, right. Okay. let's be honest. That's, yeah. that's, I think 80% is, of the time, well, Grenache 80, is what I'm drinking. It's right. 80% of what's grown in California, according to the Winemakers right. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, it's going to be crazy. But yeah, so we, we drank fucking cab last night. Just, we like yeah, we had one from Paso. We had one left bank. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the right. That's, we grab one bottle from France and one bottle from California. I think that's that's what we just did. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then a little piquette. Right. Piquette. The, the the piquette. Shout out to Casey Grable. The the piquette, like off the road into the Airbnb. Is Casey Neistat like a professional athlete? I, I have no idea. I just rolled Who with it. Who the fuck is Casey Neistat? He rolled it. Yeah, I changed your last name, bro. Sorry, uh, you'll have to change your. Uh, he has, he's the Grenachista. He doesn't actually. Yeah, exactly. He's the he, doesn't, he doesn't need a first or last listen, name. Right. He is the Grenachista. Shitty wine memes got nothing on Casey. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Maybe he is. Maybe he is shitty wine memes. Yeah, I, or is he that Jimmy Suckling guy? <laughs> I mean, if you're not, I'm following. dying to know who that is. Hopefully, they're here this weekend. <laughs> If you're not following we're, Casey we're, we're, on, we're actually praising your prowess, man. Right. No, but for real, driving four and a half hours and then opening the door to a champagne flute of cold piquette is pretty much like, I was that was life saving. Yeah, you gotta mention it's, made from it's made from garbage. 
You know about these. It's, it defies of... the rule of garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, magic out. Yeah. <laughs> There's some Swedish kids who do that. They make uh, some type of natural wine. It's all from garbage, leftover shit. It's not as good as yours. It actually kind of tastes kind of, got that natural wine kind of. <laughs> yeah, this is garbage. Yeah. But that is really tasty. High praise. <laughs> High praise indeed. Hey, Casey, hey, your listen. wine's not garbage. Good job. Yeah. Gold star for Casey. I'm going to ask you one question. Who's the big winner today? Casey. Casey, Casey wins. <laughs> not lowered expectations. <laughs> All right. So, um, Jeremy. Yes. Welcome to, the winemakers Welcome to the Winemakers Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Everybody is here in Bass Rebels. Finally, we've been waiting. Yeah. yeah. What, what's what's the vibe been like this last couple of weeks, sort of like gearing up to Hospice to Run Down? Have you guys been all, I mean, I'm sure there's been a whole lot of shit going on. Yeah. I've just been really excited and putting a lot of things together for, you know, MJ coming to town, which, you know, my wife and I are real excited about. And I'm like giddy about Hospice coming back because, yeah. You know, 2018 was four years ago. It feels like a really long time ago. And that was an amazing experience. And now we're doing it again. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to be back to uh, live events. It'll be fun pouring wine for people, um, trying to sneak out and taste everybody's wines. Um, That's what we brought Kevin for. Kevin Kevin will be representing all of our wineries at different points during the next four days, eight days, or eight hours of tastings we have to do the next two days. Jeremy, what's going on down here with um, uh, the vineyards? How are you guys looking so far this year? Uh, you know, all, all the things that we aren't thinking about in Sonoma, what's going on down here in Paso? Well, we're, we're like, I would say a normal year. We're a little behind. Um, you know, we didn't get an, uh, nearly enough rain this year. Um, and it got quite cold a couple weeks ago. So things are low-lying areas, either narrowly avoided frost or have now gotten a little stunted. You know, and there's a lot of variation between varieties on, you know, how far along things are. But, you know, in Paso down here, it gets so warm, like we really need to, you know, get up to that top wire by July 1 and um, like everywhere. Right. But, um, yeah, water is going to become increasingly important and it's a little troublesome. But, uh, you know, it's farming. I mean, last year you guys got your entire year's rain in like one storm, right? Right, which was only a few inches. Right. That's the amazing thing. <laughs> um, it's like they get all of it and it's not really that impressive. Yeah. And, you know, they call for rain and we get, you know, a quarter inch. Right. We got a couple good soaks in December and January, um, but not nearly enough. Yeah. yeah. So as a result, you know, we're going to have to, you know, get in there and shoot in a lot earlier uh, to conserve the resources we have. Um and I haven't, you know, disked or tilled in years as a, to just keep everything in there. So, yeah. Talking that way. The podcast guy and you had to do that. Getting people to talk into microphones. Yeah, you know, listen, it's so funny. People don't want to. I don't like my own voice, but that's fine. But when guests come on, like, do you, do you first experience, they're like, Right, they, they stand Way back, back or here. they do the thing like it's you know you're in a conversation you turn to the person you're talking of course, to right. but if you're with the, you gotta like the microphone is the yeah. axis of the turning right. it's not your head right. Right. <laughs> um did you tell everybody where you wake wine no, yeah we, we haven't done it give what's the 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 ten thousand foot ledge winery yeah so jeremy leffert um director of winemaking i know that's a 
uh, at Tooth and Nail Winery here on the west side. Um, I've been there for about seven years, uh, leading the winemaking. Did you say the wrong winery name? Yeah, yeah, you did. Okay. You did. Okay. Yeah. Shout, uh, out to, shout out to Mark Adams. Is there a bottle of Ledge over there? Okay. I, I brought the bottle of Ledge. Um, <laughs> That's was, the Mother Hips wine, yeah, right? The yeah. Wine. Okay. I, the great label. I had to uh, figure I have to try it. So. California Solar. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So Tooth and Nail is fun. Um, we are medium size. We make everything from cool climate Rhones to, you know, Paso cabs and three different price points. It's a lot of fun. A um, lot of SKUs. Um, like we, how many SKUs? I think 45. That's a lot of SKUs. So we have five brands. We were branded as Rabble Wine Company, which you may have right. heard of. We sold Rabble at the end of 2020 um, to O'Neill. Um, so now we've kind of rebranded to the Nail Wine Company. Came out with a new series of wines, which were really focused on the on-premise. And, and, and you kept your facility, right? Yeah. You guys have your own yeah, facility. We do. We just sold, uh, the bulk wine, the case goods and the intellectual property. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah, it was fun. And it was good for us also in leadership to kind of press the restart button and kind of retool our strategy and where we're getting fruit from. And so, and so what, so speak to that. Like what, what is, what is that? Where is it all Paso fruit? Is it? Go down south, Santa Barbara County. Yeah. Um, okay. Since it's you know hospice to Rhone weekend, we can start with Rhone's. Um, our Rhone program for Amor Fati, which is kind of our higher end brand. I have the 2019 Grenache uh, here, which I think you tasted. I did. Um, Delicious. Thanks. And so that's uh, Murmur Vineyard, which uh, the owner of Tooth and Nail, Rob Murray, planted in 2007. Um, it's eight miles from the ocean. It's all sand. For the most part, especially where the Rhones are, so very well drained. We don't need a lot of water down there, um, so it really helps regulate kind of the vigor of both varieties. Um, and I love the Grenache on the sand. You know, you really get that spice box and orange peel and everything, and it's really fun. And it's been, you know, working with the same vineyard for you know seven eight years, as you all probably know, is like really really uh interesting and it teaches you a lot about yourself as a winemaker and i've just uh the winemaking has evolved as a result um you know and what of, from of, of what you learn from the vineyard right yeah yeah and then but it was you know when i started in 2015 it was only a seven eight year old vineyard and so it, it's been changing quite a bit every vintage it moves from those that those those adolescent years into the teenage years a little bit. yeah the baby fat's gone it's it's uh which i i loved in the beginning but it's, it's definitely uh given way to you know more elegance without just the power you know well, and will you go talk a little bit more about how the winemaking evolved around that like what you did seven years ago there that you wouldn't do now or maybe vice versa yeah so um let's see yeah seven years ago um no softball questions here, Jeremy. Uh, it's all good. Uh, so you have to, yeah, the challenge asking a winemaker to remember so, what happened so seven exactly. years ago. Stop oh. throwing at my man's head. <laughs> you know, We're seven threatening years. Threatening MJ's I don't bed to sleep in tonight. Uh, seven years ago, you know, I was, you know, using a lot of. Um, I was doing mostly bin fermentations and aging both rones in barrique um, with quite a bit more wood than I'm using now. Um, 
over the years, small amounts of whole cluster, like maybe 5% have made their way in. It's still destemming everything, but really uh, making a big switch to, you know, fermenting in concrete and larger wood and some um, headless punchins, which I really like. And now everything is put, getting put down to five and six hundreds. Um, that was a slow progression for me because I didn't, um, I didn't just go buy a bunch of neutral punchins. I was just buying them slowly and it took three vintages right, to make the switch. The- um, really like that. And, you know, I think that uh, the pHs that I'm getting off that ranch are, are really healthy. So I'm able to just, you know, get fermentation started as fast as possible, get through ML as fast as possible. And then just hold off on SO2 as long as I can. So sometimes, you know, a lot of the rones from 2021 are still without sulfur. Um, cool. And I think that that, um, it, you know, coupled with native yeast or whatever, the uva firm that's flying around in the cellar, right? Right, right. Okay. Um, I think the really the delay of that first SO2 hit is really kind of giving me these silky, this great texture and... Um, and and do you think that's because without the sulfur, it's just helping the wine advance its aging, or do you think it's something in the reaction with the, or just you know the the lack of presence of sulfur? The lack of presence of sulfur is not going to dry out the palate, right? Um, and there's some polymerization that's going to happen before the SO2 hit. Right. Longer that happens, that's also the reason why we want to get I want to get through ML as quick as possible so aging actually begins, right? Because it doesn't. It's not going to age until we're done because all that CO2 is being produced. And so when you, you're done with ML, you hold off on SO2, but do you give them a wrap? Do you get them off the leaves or you leave them? No. Yeah. Yeah. Just top and leave them. Like really philosophically, like I want to get the fermenter bungs out as soon as possible. Right. Because that's where you're going to really sacrifice quality. Right. So. Yeah. Cool. That, That was a great answer. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great answer. But yeah, so we sourced from down there, and then like our lot, our Cabernet programs, which is probably sixty percent of what we do, uh, is from Passerobles, and then we've got you know Pinot and Chard from Santa Maria and San Lucia Highlands, doing a little sparkling from SLH, um, and then some other random rones from like Santa Inez and Los Livos. But those are mostly blending, blending grapes for me. You know, Mouvet and uh, Carignan. So the cab from Paso. Is is Cab typically more like East Paso? Both east, e- east of the. Oh, it is on West Side of One Hundred One. Also, yes. Um, I would say. Well, just look at Paso Robles as a whole appellation. I'm guessing. You know, we have to fact check this, but between thirty five and forty percent of all the vineyard acreage in Paso is Cabernet. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. I went to the map. It's yeah. it's pretty high. It's higher than you would think, right. given that Paso is known for Rones. But is yeah. most of the acreage on the east side? Yes, because yeah. that's where most of the acreage is. Yeah. Period. Right. Right. Um, I think that the the west side, like Willow Creek, is unique because it's it, it cools off a lot faster, and it's got you know limestone clay soils. Right. Um, Cab can excel. Does very well. Um, different stylistically, but then you know Rones are really kind of the hallmark. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And how, how is it that you guys, I mean, I've heard the podcast, how you two got to know each other and whatnot, but for those listeners who don't listen to uh, both podcasts, can you guys tell that story? How you oh man, it's, fuck, it's, uh, it's, Wait, so, it's And if, oh, if you're listening to the winemakers podcast and at this point haven't listened to at least a few, all right. 
I, I, and watch I, some I, IG I, live. Okay, I, I I got you, but okay. but but this is pretty good. The way you guys like actually connected. I mean, we just we told the story yesterday. I mean, it's just it's a crazy story because, like everybody else, like just the pandemic hit hard. We're still in the pandemic, by the way. Um, but the pandemic hit really hard, and did everybody you, was. Did you wear your mask on the plane? I did, I did. I you know. Um, no, no judgment. No, no, I know. We were actually. I'll tell the story, but we were just talking about like it's going to be where people are going to start antagonizing you if you wear a mask. I can see I that, that coming. That happens already, right? Yeah, but I, you know, like that's like making fun of a a kid who's trying to read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 um, so I did wear my mask on a plane. It was probably like fifty fifty, just like the country, you know, like you know, probably like the, it's probably the same as like the vaccination rate, and um. But Jeremy and I, so Jeremy, um, you know, I, uh, MJ Teller, aka the Black Wine guy, that was the Instagram account. And how I met, same way I met you guys is like, I was just taking pictures of the bottles I was drinking. And I love Rowan shit. And I was drinking all this baller shit from the Central Coast. Um, that's not a flex, it's just true. <laughs> um, you just have good taste. I, exactly, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I, I drink way above my pay grade, way above my pay grade. Um, but uh, so isn't that why we're in this business? Ex- exactly, <laughs> is you got to find a back door. <laughs> um, and so uh, you know, Jeremy's like he's liking my stuff, whatever. And then he sends me a case of wine. Then he slides into the DM. <laughs> yeah, after he sends a case of wine, <laughs> he, he he buttered me up. But um, and so then I did these IG lives. I did one with you, Sam, yep. you Bart, and Jeremy. Did one with Jeff over yep. here. Um, uh. Because uh, I'm so grateful you guys are sending me wine. You appreciate my, my thoughts on your wine. And like, well, how can we pay it forward? How can we help each other? And that's where it was just, it was just zoom, 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 zoom. So yeah. like, um, so anyway, Jeremy um, uh, is super cool. So last year, last around the same time, it was last Easter last was a week earlier. But Jeremy, like it hit me up like in like January, February's like, what's your wife's name? <laughs> What's your date of birth? I'm I'm flying you out here. So, Jer- you know, everybody just got it. We literally were sticking needles in our arm. And, uh, you know, the like the second flight I took uh, after, you know, after not flying for a year was to to, to come out to Paso Robles. Jeremy hosted me, took me to like the murmur video, like said, took me to Tooth and Nail, the castle, um, tricked it out, like did a whole dinner on the roof there. It was amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, but we had become really close we're just bonding off our love of Grenache basically, you know? And so by that time we were texting, we would call every now and then, you know? And so, and the podcast hadn't dropped, you know, well, the podcast dropped by then, but, um, so there's one day like he's out in the vineyard early out in the vineyard and he's listening to the podcast and, uh, I'll let you tell from here, man. So when, when MJ in like April of 2020 started, Switching from just these photos to Yo, bottle shots to yeah to like the selfie videos of talking about the wines. Um, I was like, Melissa, that's my wife. I know this guy, and she's like, No, you don't. And and, and, and her story is like, she said, you think you know every black person just because they were there's only five in Santa no, Barbara. She, she didn't say that. That's what I thought she, she would was say. Kidding. But anyway, um, so she's like, No, and I was like, No, I I swear to God. I didn't even know his name yet. I was just like black wine guy, <laughs> right? And then that was first. It fits. Anyway, um, so I'm like, fit. you know what? He 
he used to shop at Trader Joe's in Santa Barbara. And she's like, no, he didn't. I was like, no, because <laughs> that's where I like, those are my formative wine years. And I was like, we used to goof off and I would like talk to him about these wines I was tasting, you know? Wait, you were, uh, you were working at Trader Joe's. Yeah, that's where I discovered wine. Was, um, go, man, go. Yeah. And anyway, so then the podcast came on. It's like gearing up. It's it's Harvest. So it's like 5 a.m. I'm down in Santa Maria, um, you know, which is an hour south of here. Um, and it's the first time that MJ's, you know, fucking voice is in my head, just hammering my eardrum I for like am an in hour. Your head. And then it is like, I have a really good memory. Me. <laughs> so I pull over and I'm like, that's it. I pull over, I text him. I was like, hey, did you live in did you live in Santa Barbara between 04 and 07? And did you shop at Trader Joe's Milpas? And he's like, yeah, every day. And then um, I was like, no shit. Uh, and he's like, did you work there? I was like, yeah. We used to goof off in the wine aisle. I was like, and I said, I was like, there was a, I was like, there was a, there was a brother, there was a black dude. He had dreads. Uh, he was like the team leader. He's like the captain. And he's like, that's my boy, AJ. He's my best friend. He married me and Melissa. <laughs> Yeah, so so you really did. You knew the two black we, guys we, in Santa Barbara. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think there's one other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so I yeah. counted five when I lived there. So, but like, let me back up a little bit because it was the pandemic, and I think, like, I'm sure we would have been connected eventually. Yeah, but I think the pandemic accelerated all totally. that because remember, like, we're in the wine business, so we were all very fortunate to have these jobs during the pandemic. We're like. I I, don't, I can't speak for everybody, but my job was relatively unchanged. Luckily, we got through it as a company and continued to sell boxes. But like, I didn't have to wear a mask at work. My team was super tight. We were being safe outside of work. It was fine. Such a small team. But all of us, I can speak for all of us, were missing that outside connection with other people. We weren't traveling. Some of us weren't even seeing our families. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Jeff, who's from you know Baltimore, right? Yeah, like you probably have family back there. I haven't there that, seen my sister in over three years. So that kind of thing. So I became even more reliant on just connecting with anybody. And and social media was an amazing vehicle for That's that. Right, it really worked during the yeah. pandemic. And so really Melissa and I weren't traveling. Uh, really wasn't driving anywhere. So all of a sudden, I had more disposable income. I mean, I drink more wine than I probably should, but everybody did. According to who? <laughs> according to American who? Medical Association. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, this is not like for all of us. This is not a job, right? This is our life. So it's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to like learn some new recipe and open like four Shatnos tonight. Yeah. And then sometimes Melissa and I would finish them. Yep. And but you know it was it was actually I'm very uh, like so blessed that um, you know I made it out unscathed and actually like you know got closer to some people and like made this incredible friendship out of it. Yeah. So yeah. Same with you. I like I I don't know like but for the pandemic I mean I don't know we would have connected. No. You, you know I mean not not like we wouldn't be here today but for the pandemic. Yeah. And then and Jeff heard me when I was on your podcast like that I like that guy <laughs> and I, yeah, we clicked you know. It's amazing. Well, let's like be totally real about it. This is the first time we have ever physically been in the same room together. Yep. Right. And it's like, but we're like old friends. Exactly. And and that's just that would have never it would have never happened in the without way that happened the without the without the last two years like forcing these sort of like new ways of creating these bonds, right? Figuring yeah. out how to talk on a computer. 
Right. Figuring out that first episode that was never Jetsons, recorded. <laughs> sorry, sorry, CV Winery. Well, this is also one of the pillars of why we're all doing this, because it's wine, and this is what wine does. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. You know, it's like, Conversation. I'm going to remember this forever, and like when I'm up in Sonoma next, I'm going to hit you guys up. It's just like, better. we're all, you know, <laughs> it's, I love this stuff. It's, I would do it for free. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean that's just an I, sometimes you know, I mean, we do. That's, 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 technically, I think I do do it for free. I mean, objectively, you know. Uh, wait, you're getting paid? <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, I mean and, and, are you hiring? <laughs> I mean, so Jeremy stayed at my house, right? He I suffer out. from like imposter syndrome, <laughs> wicked. Not. <laughs> But you know, I mean, he stayed. He stayed at my house. You know, I spent my birthday with him. He was he was out east. He had him on the podcast. It's great. Wait, right? can I? When you you were only like Trader Joe's acquaintances, though. You wouldn't. Yep. Like, you didn't like, like. No, I would just go in and shoot go the in, shit. you'd shoot the shit. But there was no like hanging out, having glass no, after zero zero. It was like because you were fucking working, you were trying to go to Trader Joe's, and, and I was going to Trader there. Joe's, and I and love talking saying, about wine. He's not bad for a white guy. Yeah, I was like, right. I said no. Actually, I said he's pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um so um but you know like now he's a friend like you got like i feel like i know you guys because yeah. i've seen you on the screen yeah. so much right? right so like it's just like hey what's up you know it's like and that's the whole concept my podcast is we're a bunch of old friends catch them over a bottle of wine right. now i don't know 90 plus percent of my guests but by the time we're done two hours together drinking wine we're gonna be friends right and if and if we're not, you're a dick. So <laughs> yeah, you're not. You brought a shitty bottle, exactly. and I didn't really like you that exactly. much. <laughs> I don't think I, I haven't heard yet the episode where somebody brought a bad bottle. Nah, nobody's brought it. I mean, I I've had some psalms bring, and I call it interesting bottles. They're not bottles of wine I would buy, right. but they're not flawed. As long no one's ever brought a flawed wine or a shitty wine, and I've been introduced to varietals that I wouldn't have tried. And I love that because that, that is part of the game. I mean, I just love drinking my Rhone shit, but I, you know, people always say, all you drink are high alcoholic wines. Well, I like Rhone wines and Rhone wines like get high in alcohol. Okay. But I, I don't post everything I drink because then people would think I drink too much. <laughs> well, it's, it's not because they're, you know, what's great about Rhone's is like they, 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 they hold on to their freshness for, you know, a lot of climates, you know, and that's what, that's one thing, the verve and the tenacity that these varietals have is why we're, I think, just freaking out over them all the time. Right. And isn't it amazing how long it took for us all to get there? I mean, you know, just for sure, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, we're going to put this out on both platforms. Like, Bart, man, like, how long you been in the business, man? Well, I, I mean, my first harvest was 86. But the first time I ever started really hearing about Rhone varieties was probably you know, 1990 mm. and there wasn't very much available in Sonoma. Syrah. It was Syrah, you know, and maybe there was a little bit of Grenache or a little bit of Mouvedre. If they would have only known that they should have planted it the other way. Yeah. You know, and then, and then when I worked for the Benzikers, all of a sudden we started getting things like the Nacido Syrah and we started getting some stuff from uh, uh, Shell Creek, some Rome stuff out of Shell Creek oh, yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden things started uh, like opening up, you know, for me, like, well, why aren't these up in Sonoma and stuff? So, um, and then it was the trip to Chateauneuf that. When did you go to Chateauneuf? 92. Okay. 90, 92, yeah, yeah, it was cool. 
I wish I knew now what I knew. I wish I knew then what, what I, I know knew now. now. Isn't that a song? I love, I, dude, I love that feeling that you just gave me where I just fucking feel so young. <laughs> no, like I, I, I know. Look, I'm fucking old. I no, 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 no. Sam was born. No, here. I, I feel. I graduated I, high school. No, I, I, I feel like a complete rookie again, and it's that's what's so cool about wine, because like you know, there's all these experiences and learning. And like people, I was, I was like, I was collecting other, no baseball cards when you were doing yeah. your first vintage. Yeah, yeah. and to, to not like dispel the myth that everybody who's in wine knows everything about wine right there's nothing like i can't tell you how many times i've had a fancy psalm at some place and i'm looking through his book or her book and i pick something that i want and then i completely butcher the pronunciation and know nothing about what i just ordered Absolutely. and and that's just like there's we will you know we're gonna try 50 wines in the next 48 hours that you've never heard of from places you've never heard of. I'm going to try 60, you know, I'm going to try 150 from things that you were like, have waited four years to try. Yeah. But there's going to be somebody, a surprise, you know, or five or 10 or 25 in that, in that hall, um, you know, tomorrow night and the next night that you would like totally change what you thought you knew. Well, and the other thing is, yeah, then you get to have a conversation, you know, at this tasting with the winemaker or the owner and you learn something new or you're posed a question that makes you completely rethink what it is that you're going to do with your wines, right? Like you're not going to change everything, but don't you do something new every year? Yes, right? absolutely. And where does that come from? It comes from inspiration from somebody else. Right. Stealing, a, stealing or, a good idea from yeah, somebody else. Was that, was or that from a, a mistake that you made well, Picasso that you want to learn from. Like, well, yeah, right. Great artist steal. You know, exactly. you know I, I play a lot of music. You know, not professionally or anything, but I've been playing since I was a kid. Um, and it, 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 there's a lot of, you know, parallels with, with music because it's like, um, you know, you emulate who you respect, right, to learn. And you, and you learn and you copy. So some of these trials and things I experiment with, yeah, they come. Other times I learn something from someone else that is an idea that I just sort of plug into this little slot for something new, you know, like... We started doing trials years ago, three vintages ago, you know, just like, why are we adding SO2 at the crusher? Why? Because someone told you to do it. No, because it's like, oh, you're going to prevent it from spoiling. It's like, well, how much SO2 do you have to add to really do the job? So, and now we don't do it. Zero. You know? And nothing terrible happened. No, because, no. In fact, (laughs) things probably got better. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think about all the things that when I started were like the points of you always do this mm-hmm. and then how I went to work for another company and some of that stuff was completely blown out of the water and we only do it this way and it makes you question it, right? And then you go on to your next place and someone else is, you know, take you down another way. And then it's a matter of for yourself when you're in charge or it's your own brand then you have to weed through all that stuff you learned and figure out what works for you. Yeah, one thing that like that is almost like at a biblical level for me is like if someone asks me a question and they ask why do I do something this way and it's like that's the way I've always done it. It's a wrong. That's a fucking red flag. Yeah. Like like if, if they need to explain audit it to you, that shit right. and figure it right. out. They need to explain it to you. Like that's the worst answer. That's like when your parents say because I told you so, right? Like what the fuck does that mean? I was that kid. What does that mean? You told me so. <laughs> but why? You know. Um, 
And, you know, that's kind of what drew me to wine, which you said is like, you're always learning, right? Like you can't know it all. You can't know it all. And that's the beauty of it. And it, it's mind boggling. Like I literally don't even have words. I'm like, shit. Like you, like you said, like I have this podcast and same thing, man. I fucking can't say people's names. I can't say the one. I'm, I say, I'm going to butcher your name. You know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to fuck this up. Forgive just, me. I'm not. No, just call me Gary V. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> you know um it's not a disrespect but you know uh you got it's 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 just this it's just this it's a thirst for more i think is what winemakers have and not just more wine just a thirst for more knowledge and and connection and and you know it's just it's everything it's it's science it's art you know it's uh it's it's um it's a feeling also it's, it, there you go it's feeling it's it, it's it, there's an emotion it's very emotional um, and, and what I dig like is, is I think winemakers, you know, winemakers, you guys are the fucking rock stars of the industry, right? Like we know, um, you know, a lot of emphasis has gone elsewhere, you know, to, 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 uh, people in hospitality. And I love hospitality people. I've had on my podcast, but like, you don't get to have a wine list without fucking winemakers. Let's keep it 100. Yeah. But you don't get to have a wine list without the grape growers. Oh, exactly. And let's, let's, let's back it down. Right. And what do you what do you do, Sam? Katuri? Are you me, Maya? <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? I, I think I'm in hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not in grape growing. I don't wake up early enough to be in grape growing. <laughs> yeah, neither do I anymore. Man. I'm like, nah, oh. I, you know, um, what do I do? I carry on a multi-generational family legacy by being attached to this product and these plants in a way that goes back as many generations as we can see in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's like, that's you know, I, I have a brand, Winery 16600. We have a family farming business called Enterprise Vineyards. Um, I, I shouldn't say I have the brand. The brand is also the family's brand. It's, it's my dad's winery. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the reason that it works... Um, the reason that it is what I do is because, um, whatever else I did in my life, I was always the wine guy anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they got back to being in wine and reconnecting to the vineyards and really like, it was stuff that I, I was sort of like, sort of intuitively new, but actually realizing the connection between the vineyard and the, what it tastes like, um, is incredibly fulfilling and fulfills something like crazy deep in my genetic code mm. um, i tell this terrible hokey joke in the tasting room talking about being in the i'm did 23 and me and i'm seven percent zinfandel um, <laughs> and, and but it's like it's really Ba-dum-bum. what it feels it, if they laugh i know they're joining the wine club <laughs> i just know it <laughs> got him you know on, on on that what you say though sam i mean like for me, the first 20 years of my career, I if I got out in the vineyard, you know, a dozen times during the year, during harvest, I was really fortunate because I was a slave to the seller. Like mm. I had a crew I had to run and that's where I spent my time. It wasn't until I like walked away from my day job that I got to actually start really spending a lot of time in the vineyard. And I tell you what, it's changed the way I think about everything with making wine. And, and that's because I feel like I know what's going on in the vineyard a lot more 
than just walking in two days before someone says, it's time to pick. You want to come and give good. us a thumbs up, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I like it. Right. Yeah. You should make some good wine out of yeah. this. I think, you know, let's, what do you think of the seeds? Oh, the seeds are browning up nicely. What do, you, do you think we ought to pick it on Tuesday? Sure. <laughs> no, nah, I can't get a crew here until Thursday. Sorry, Bart. <laughs> you know, you push it around on your hand and you're like, it's time to go, guys. It's like, no, but all of the, the best winemaking decisions go down in the vineyard. It's like... <laughs> Well, but let's be real. The best winemaking decisions go down in the vineyard, usually when you're, chip, you know, picking your cover crop, your cover crop, but your your rootstock and your, you know, source material for the variety and what direction you put the rose. That that's where the winemaking begins, right? I mean, Jeff Cohen in the Jeff house. <laughs> yeah, I gotta ding some glasses. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about this Pinot. Okay. Yeah. If if is if this the same more Pinot the tasted like this, I would drink more yeah. Pinot. Yeah. So this is uh, 2019 Amorphite Pinot. Um, this was this is Pomard four six six mostly Pomard four with six six seven and a little Martini. That color. All be stemmed, fermented. Um, delicious. Fermented, you know, spontaneously in headless punchins. Uh, quick ferment, about eight days. Then put down to about 15% new for just 12 months. Yeah, I mean, it, the fruits there, <laughs> the chewiness. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, that's like great. you said, if more Pinot tastes if, like that, I'd drink more Pinot. Yeah, I had this. Um, I had this a couple weeks ago with uh, Peking Duck. God, mm. it was killer. Yeah, killer. It was so on point. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, vineyard for Pinot. Uh, most of the ranch is planted to Pinot. Um, yeah, I love the Pomard 4 from this block. It's, you know, really pretty dried flowers. Um, and then once we made the switch to, you know, fermenting in punchins, kind of took the wine to another level, in, in my opinion, texturally. Mm -hmm. So Santa Maria Valley is one of the, um, I think there's three valleys in California that run uh, east-west, right? Most of the valleys in California run north-south. Uh, uh, I've always been told that Anderson Valley uh and San, San Maria run well so like the this. um so Santa Maria Valley it goes east west and then it kind of bends south okay you know cuz it's all a riverbed okay yeah. and then like the hallmark vineyards like Bien Nacido and Sierra Madre are kind of in that east to west kind of spot and then it warms up as you get down that closer to like the old Byron and um, okay. Back behind that. Okay. Rancho Real or Murmur Vineyard, as we call it, is actually on a north to south kind of tunnel, um, west facing. The whole thing is west facing. As a whole, some of the Rhones are south, like the Syrah. There's a lot of Syrah that's uh, south facing, and then um, some Grenache that's in this little like pocket. Um, but yeah, it's it's a cool vineyard. It's it's uh, you know rarely above eighty. So when do you when did you pick this? Uh, Pinot comes in. I start picking Pinot around the seventh of September, okay. and then it's usually a two week thing. I'm and then done. When do, you, when do you pick the Grenache and Syrah from there? Uh, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Uh, some sometimes as late as like November fifth, November sixth. It's uh, the Grenache is sometimes the last fruit I bring in, and it's usually you know twenty five and a half, twenty six bricks, but like three two. Right. It's great. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it needs a lot of sulfur. <laughs> yeah. Why did you uh, 
go. I, I recently found out. Um, I really love Pomard clone Pino. Why did you go? Why, why? Well, do you know why Rob planted Pomard clone? Because he liked it. Yeah, and it, it works. There's not very much Pomard at that vineyard. There's three blocks, maybe about ten acres total. Um, this is uh, a great block. Bring that over here, Bart. Yeah, this is that the the Pomard's got all that like mid palate goodness. Yeah. Yep. You know it. Um, you know it, it's uh, it's it's just got like I said. It just keeps it keeps its weight just nice. You know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So what's going on with you guys, man? Like, how's how's your bud break been up in Sonoma and everything? Uh, early. Um, for sure early and there's definitely places that got hit pretty hard in the frost in the last week or two. Um, the, the, I think our, that Marsan, uh, the Simon's Vineyard Marsan is probably toast for the year. Mm. Um, you know, it looks like Bedrock had some damage that Morgan was posting. Yeah, some of the low spots he posted some pictures. Yeah. Um, so definitely like the things that make you worry. When you have early bud break, frost, rain. But the crazy yeah. thing is, is the frost, like up at Simon's, like, you know, it's it's way up on top of the mountain, you know, but it's it's one of those little low pockets yeah. that, that the cold air just sits in. And if it's not moving, it's not moving, right? Mm. Um, Jeff, what are you seeing out there? Get on the microphone. Yeah, there's, a, there's some damage. But that being said, I, I, I'm happy to say rock pile is fine. So... It was nothing. I went up there the other day, saw nothing. Yeah. So pleasantly pleased. Is but, that a spot that you'd be worried about it normally? I would be okay. up there. There are definitely areas because it has a dip in the in the vineyard that it just sits. But right. everything was fine. The other vineyard I was worried about was up in uh, Amador in Fiddletown. Yeah. But it hadn't even been pushing yet, so uh, everything was totally fine. But they just got snow up there, also, right? They did, but. But nothing's pushing. Nothing, now. nothing pushing. So everything is good. Sweet. Life is good. I'll have another glass of wine. <laughs> um, how many? I was telling the Jeremy, how many fucking single vineyard wines are you making these days? Uh, I make twenty-four. <laughs> That's not forty-two SKUs. I no, mean, no, no, tw- tw- no. Twenty-four SKUs. Yeah, but that's easy but, compared to what I did at Rosenblum, which was 70. 70. Yeah, I used to make 70 skews at Rosenblum. Wow. <laughs> that is maddening. It is, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know. Were the, like, bookkeeping needs less in those days? Yeah, <laughs> like, the, I, I, the I filing so. of... No, because so. at that point, you couldn't everything just... Everything was on paper then. Right, it was all right. paper, and, like, when you oh, when you God, resubmitted really? yeah. for, oh, for yeah. label so approval... Trace, right? <laughs> right. right. Was there was a, nothing, like, same as not an app year. for that. Yeah. But, you know, Ken, when I worked with Ken, he was so funny about it, you know, he's like, I'd be like, man, we got, we got like, four pallets sitting in the, in the cold room of the Carignan, and he'd be like, don't worry, it's going to be gone in like two weeks. And sure enough, it'd be gone. It was n- We never had any wine sitting around. It all sold out, which was the magic of Rosenblum at that time. Yeah. I, I wish it was the same way it is to, you know, today. It's just a different world. Totally. It's, and every six months, something changes, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, nope, we don't want that anymore. 
Yeah, God. what's what's the biggest challenges you guys are seeing? Like, well, here's a challenge that um, uh, Jamie Kutch, who uh, shared the space with, he was saying that he ordered his glass six months ago, got notification, was on the boat, and then he got an email saying, "Oh, and by the way, the price has gone up." And it's on the boat. And he's like, well, wait a minute. The glass was this price then, and now it's this. And, you know, it all has to do with uh, fees and surcharges, um, you know, time spent, you know, waiting to be unloaded and loaded. And so that kind of unknown, I think, is one of the challenges. You know, who knows what else is coming? I mean, the glass that I buy was normally $12 a case, which seemed like a lot. It is now $22 a case. And I'm gonna have to do something with that, right? I'm gonna have to pass on the right expense. You have to raise that price. And now with gas and everything. Oh, now to get a load of glass, another couple grand. Yep. You know, when it used to be free. Yeah. When you ordered half a truck. Right. You know, it was free. It's like now it's like you get all these emails from our glass vendors, you know, that. Uh, you know, the, you know, a red receipt, you know, you got to send, oh, okay. I'm just like swipe left, you know, <laughs> I'll fight it later. Right. But no, it's, I mean, the struggle is real and you know what? Everyone's got to pitch in a little bit because it can't just be the supplier who just ponies up and takes it. Like, I mean, and we don't want to have to raise our prices to like our customers, you know, cause then, but we have to, we have to. Yeah, the Movet right is kicking Burns. It's kicking right now. Right? Yeah. We opened yeah. that about an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's flying. I mean, who's going to take care of it, right? Who's taking care of us? You know, it just keeps going up and up and up. And, you know, even growers are going to have to start charging more money for, you know, if they're trucking. That's going to go up. Everything goes up. Tractor time costs more. Yeah. One right. diesel costs no, more. No. Everything goes up in price. You know, I mean, at least you guys aren't importers. I mean, the, the price of containers I've heard is like tripled. Yeah. Like it's like, it's insane. Um, you know, and, um, the other day in New York, um, uh, Harman Skernick, he's a friend of mine. He's an importer. Like he was in with like their rep from New York with a bunch of like, that was, I mean, that, was that a flex? No, that was, uh, you know, is that a, f- I mean, most, listen, MJ, MJ, don't say, MJ, don't MJ, I'm like, don't I know who Armin Skernick is, except for like wine geeks. We, we hang out with great people. The, the circle that MJ, you know, it's the New York <laughs> thing. We can't keep, we can't compete. I mean, it's, they're, every name is a name that you ding on, Look the, at those guests. on the winemakers podcast. No, guests. I hang out with Bart. Right. Yeah. No, most of those guests that he would yeah, never, would never. If 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 you or me or Brian or John emailed Gary V saying, "Hey, want to be on our podcast?" That would we, we, he wouldn't have said no because he would never would have responded. <laughs> right? That email got you know screened by seven layers of assistance. You know, that was a long. That took fucking nine months. That was persistence. Yeah, I, I bet. But. I did have an in, so. <laughs> and it still took nine months. Yeah, it still took nine yeah, months. It, it still took, it took nine months, months and, and two reschedules. But, you know, so anyway, back he to showed up with a bottle of Shav, yeah. though. <laughs> he showed up with a 2015 Shav Hermitage. Was it ready? Because I, no, I looked at a it couple was, dude, it was, like teen Hermitages when I was pulling bottles, and I'm like, eh, they're not ready yet. I'm was, not bringing them down. It, it was. I should it was, have brought it. Yeah, 2015, was, it was. It, it's, I would say it's how we like wine, man. It was, it was on point. It was yeah. delicious. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. All what right. was Harmon saying? Oh, I don't. Oh no, they had oh, uh, the containers. <laughs> containers. Yeah, we went off on a tangent. I'm like five glasses in now. Um, <laughs> yesterday was four twenty. That's all. What was the question? Welcome <laughs> to the Winemakers Podcast. Um, <laughs> that um, the the their the rep from New York was there with a bunch, and uh, you know this is okay. Get your glass ready. <laughs> So like, am I, am I gonna have a bruised fingernail? No, it was just, it's just like, I, you know, he he did a post and he, he you know, was like, I was like, oh, Pascaline's been on a podcast. Robert Boer's been on, like, it was like half a dozen alumni of the podcast were at this thing with the rep, and 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 she didn't get it. Like, like you know, they were like, they're like, you can't replace Chablis. Like, we make great Chardonnay here, but you, there's no, we don't make Chablis, right? You know, so, and and their whole point was, we're restaurant tours, we're importers. That tariff is hurting America. It doesn't hurt the French. They'll keep the fucking wine in France. Right, right, right. Or they'll send it to China, or they'll send it to fucking Germany. Hey, Kevin, did I put wine in the freezer? Uh, at home, yeah. No, no, here. No, you did. No, <laughs> I you took, did. I took the wine out of the freezer. Um, but Just but that was the point that, yeah, that, that those whole free. tariffs and, and the people on Congress need to understand it, it's hurting us, the American consumer, and the American entrepreneur, the American business, and we're the capitalist country of the world, right? So, like, why are we not supporting... Um, all these uh, independent business owners. So it's good. I mean, that is the that is the bottom line because there's there is nobody at um, Gallo or Constellation complaining about you know they, not getting their bottles <laughs> delivered uh, with right. a surcharge. Right? right. That's not that's not yeah, happening. Because they're making. Right. In fact, we're all buying Gallo bottles like, at this like point. I know. They probably I, bought, like. I mean, and good for them. They probably bought a fucking container company. Like that's right. What, that's what those big companies do. We'll solve the fucking problem. Right. right. We'll buy a bottling plant. Right. You right. know. There you go. Mm-hmm. We'll open a bottling plant in North Carolina. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> Casey Graybill sitting yeah. at the table. That's Hi, right. everybody. All we needed, oh, all we needed, was fifty million more dollars, <laughs> Jeff, right. and we could have pulled it off. Uh, they ain't coming from mine. I'm married to a CPA. Yeah. <laughs> wow, a 2011 Vandal. I mean, I know that's not old, but. Um, it's tasting pretty dark. It's it's on yeah. point right now, yeah. right? Yeah, it's delicious. totally in the pocket. Can anybody pronounce the name? Domaine Grunor. Domaine Du Gros Nori. It's not. It's not Nori. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking Nori the rapper, sushi right? Wine. Exactly. <laughs> Good thing we had this one before we got for sushi. <laughs> no way. Nore. No nor. Well, Is that an accent de grave or exact accent de goût? That's all I remember from French. I don't know. Is this is this winemakers podcast or is this the black wine experience? When we're, it's both. When it's we're not both. pronouncing the name right. Wait, it's, it's, right exactly. remember when, this, is, this is our podcast. Remember, right? remember when mashups were the whole thing? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Danger Mouse versus the Grateful Dead. Like, <laughs> I think I I think I downloaded that on LimeWire. <laughs> and like six viruses. At the same totally. <laughs> Killed that computer. <laughs> But my iPod was off the hook. <laughs> I, I personally miss Napster. <laughs> LimeWire, Napster. What was the other one? Kazaa or the... Oh. Why does every internet company have a... Kazaa. Yeah, Kazaa. Yes. So talk about going off topic. No, no, no. Oh, I was no. just uh, commenting on you guys. <laughs> no, this is off topic. On brand. <laughs> it's a mashup. <laughs> Casey, 
That um, Grenache from Alder Springs is tasting really good, man. Right? Yeah. I mean, I love that vineyard. What's not to love? It's, you know, like surrounded by redwood trees and blackberry brambles and, and bears finest. and bears and boar and, and, and Bigfoot and you know, yeah, totally. uh, um, probably a meth lab here and there, but it, it's just a no doubt. meth lab site. and a grow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the meth labs are. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> I love that you I added to say They're a little more lo- Lake County <laughs> than Mendoza. No, I mean, you know, more Lake County than Mendo County. We but. consider it terroir. <laughs> uh, so, man, I'm first time actually meeting you. Right? I, um, I've seen you on, on the uh, the Grams. Yeah, the Grams. <laughs> right? The Instagram. Uh, not that I'm very active on that, but I've seen yeah, you there when I there. check in every once in a while. Just posting some old family photos. <laughs> right. Many, many different families. I know. I love it. <laughs> we need, you need to do one. Do a meme of me, please. I, people have asked me My that. My long lost brother from another mother. People have asked me that before, and they're always disappointed. <laughs> wait, wait, you didn't actually know Marilyn Monroe? No. <laughs> no, no, to like include them. Like, hey, could oh. you do this with this hat on from Scott Labs? And I'm like, all right. <laughs> they never posted on Scott Labs' website. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> But how did you come up with the concept Grenache Grenacheista? Um, I it used to be a different label. Okay. Um, it was my name, which is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in, it would just, you know, at the end of the day, it's you got to sell stuff. You got to sell shit. Yeah, it is the wine business. I told you, it is the wine business at the end of the day. So is marketing. Um, and honestly, what it really, if I look back on it, it was Instagram. Funny enough, um, I was new to it, and this is like 2015, and my first. Uh, username I typed in the period Grenachista and it was available and I took it um, and then I was like hey that's kind of a that's kind of groovy and a bunch um, of other people kicked themselves in the ass for not coming listen, up with that to first. your point I don't interrupt you but like same thing when I, I got on Instagram with uh, the black wine guy in 2017 I was like how the fuck is this still available? Right. Y'all some stupid motherfuckers. Yeah. Talking about you're the chocolate song, the, right. the mocha latte song. <laughs> you black motherfucker. You are a black white guy. Yeah, Chase. Exactly. I could not believe it was available. I didn't even have to put a dot in it. I, I did have to put a dot in it, but the the white guy winemaker was not was not available. The <laughs> That reminds me of that scene in American Psycho where they're comparing the cards and they're all fucking white. They're talking about, no, that's eggshell. <laughs> Smoky. <laughs> um, and then uh, it just it just kind of clicked. And then I went and saw that, well, everyone knew knows that the, the Grenachista is a, I guess not everyone knows, but wine people know that the Grenachista is an organization in, in the south of France that promotes Grenache as a varietal where they don't usually talk about varietals. Um, and I uh, figured that that was a pretty cool thing to go in with the st- with what I was doing. And the, the old label didn't tell the story. And I was like, hey, this tells the story. Because it was always about Grenache and Grenache Blanc. So why not be like, hey, this is about Grenache. This Grenache Blanc is pretty banging, man. Right? Wow. That's, that's our, our single estate vineyard. Um, Used to be called Mathis Vineyard, but I have a red wine called Mathis Vineyard. So I gave my six-year-old daughter the uh, opportunity to name it, and henceforth it has been called Kitty Face Vineyards. 
I love that. Which also surprisingly wasn't taken. It was not taken. <laughs> well, I got to back up. Well, if you mentioned that, I got to back up a little bit because their actual first choice was Phoenix's lair. And I was like, somebody... Griffin's lair is a little close to that and we don't need a cease and desist letter. So what's your second choice? <laughs> Griffin's lair is many more vines to, uh, to to sue over than right 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 but you know six six-year-olds have a, a great sense of uh, creativity and i was like let, let's let it ride and kitty so, face vineyard is it actually on the bottle not on this one but it will be on the next one i wasn't ready to tell henry mathis that i was renaming his vineyard in kitty 2020 vineyard. um because I didn't just didn't know him that well yet, and now now he's aware, so it'll be, and henceforth be Kitty Face Vineyard. The Grenat, the Carbonic Grenache Blanc, which is off the same site, went to Kitty Face Vineyard, but this was bottled what a year ago. So uh, farming is new for you. Well, I mean, my degree's in fruit science, so right. but, but I, actual farming is new for you. Um, actually, have farming my own vineyard is is new to me. And, yes. and are you enjoying it? No, it's fucking sucks. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, it's romantic. It's amazing to like see the product in the start to finish, but I'm the one doing all this. And so it's difficult. Yeah. Um, I'm pruning, I'm tucking vines. Um, I, I could probably hire a vineyard manager, but I don't want to, I want it to be start to finish. And so, yeah, my hands bleed and, and I'm out there on Saturday and Sundays and it, it's not the best. <laughs> yeah. I think that like a lot of people like, um, have this real, and wine is romantic, but they have, it's just uh, this heightened sense of romance about what this business is. And, and like, can we shatter that? Exactly. <laughs> I, I try, I try and tell people, you, listen, man, fucking, I would never work in a vineyard. That is hard motherfucking work. It is. I'm not doing that shit. Yeah. And the reason why I, I really, you know, didn't do like the whole hospitality is like, I didn't want to deal with hoity toity people. Like you have to eat shit, right? Like, there's a lot that goes on that people see a movie and like, oh, it's so romantic. I'm like, no, bro. <laughs> That's not how it goes down. It is romantic, though. I mean, what we do, what we do is, is we ultimately create, yeah, romantic. You're right. 100%. And, you, and I may bitch a little bit about bleedy hands, but, you know, it's it's really cool to see a vineyard from start to finish that is yours and you touch every vine and that that's a really cool thing it just sucks on saturday mornings when i'm running yeah. down there and, like, and i'd say you, you nobody like, ever you, said that romance was easy right that's what i'm saying right? exactly right exactly i was gonna say it's not it's just that you really have to love it and you have to be committed to, to creating something and that's uncommon in this world let's be Dumb. honest <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible idea. Yeah. What the fuck was I thinking? Should have stayed in the PR firm. <laughs> fuck. I mean, the, ultimately, you know, this is, is a business. So at the at the end of the day, I don't pay anybody. I pay Henry Mathis a dollar to to farm that vineyard, and so the fruit that comes off of it is is free to me. Mm. Um, I do have to pay to have it picked. So I mean, in the big picture, if you're talking about the romantic vision of, of a business, I mean, that's that's beautiful right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i get whatever comes off that vineyard and it's two and a half to four tons for free yeah yeah right on man right on the most expensive free that's right yeah. well yeah. it's you're right it's not wait, wait, right. it's not free it's yeah. not free it's but not freedom is not free fellas no, but, remember but, that. It makes, but it makes your margins look pretty good on a spreadsheet yeah. it's free it's great it's, it's, free. it's great in quickbooks yeah, right. yeah. Not, not in this wine industry. Right. And well, you know, with doing that, though, I can fuck around with the fruit. Um, you know, I still have to, I don't have to, but I'm going to make a traditional Grenache Blanc, which we have here. I should try but the Grenache Blanc. in 2021, 
um, I threw a ton into a fermenter and did a carbonic Grenache Blanc and just to see what happened. And I, that is an opportunity that is built by that. I don't have to worry about fruit cost. Yeah, I'm. I, that would must be. I'd be excited to taste a, a carbonic Grenache Blanc, man. It was really neat, but it's gone, which is a great thing. <laughs> well, listen, as a, I, I don't do what you guys do, but like, as you, you're like nothing better than selling all your fucking wine. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> is it? It's. It's not like going to be orange though. It's not going to be oxidative, right? It's orange, it and you know orange. what? With Grenache Blanc is that it's so easy to oxidize. That right. this was kind of the way I thought up of like, how could I do an orange wine? I'm not a huge huge fan of orange wines, so how could I do an orange wine that might appeal to the people that like that? I I got to back up a little bit here. I'm hemmed in pretty seriously by what I'm doing. Like yeah. I'm, I only yeah. have two varieties or yep. three: Grenache, Grenache Blanc, and Grenache Gris. Um, so what has ended up happening is that like, what can I do with this? Like how far can I go? Let's just try stuff. Um, where if I had a bunch of varietals I could play with, I probably wouldn't be doing this, but I'm in a, in a beautiful way. I'm, I'm guardrailed into what am I doing? So now I'm fucking around. And so it keeps like, you from getting to 70 skews. That's for sure. I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, hey, that's a good this, point. This man has a lot of skews. I already. Do. Yeah. A lot of Grenache skews, but that comes from, you know, messing around. And right. so I had an extra, I didn't really have an extra ton, but I was like, I'm going to take a ton and mess and try this because I Grenache Blanc uh, oxidizes really easily. I'm not a huge fan of orange wines, but there are people out there that love my wines that would be interested in it and i like mm. i've been making the carbonic grenache noir for three four years now so why not try that and that will be a way to cure the oxidation problem with grenache blanc and get something weird and it ended up being an orange wine even though i mean it wasn't like fermented on its skins like you would think a normal orange wine was but um it still ended up orange because it, it also did ferment on its skins right <laughs> So I, I got a question for you guys as winemakers, like, um, cause Casey, you have a, a paquette that's in cans and, and Sam, you're 16, 600 released a, a primitivo in cans. What, what do you guys feel about the can? I mean, obviously like, what do you see is the advantage of that? Um, is it, is it just purely, and there's nothing wrong, purely like feeding, a um, a, a niche in the market now, or, or is there, is there some serious longevity going on with, uh, the cans? Like your paquette is like, I'd rather have that than a fucking beer. Like it's perfect weed wine, right? Right? Like the bubbles, acid yeah. just cut, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's for me. I, I can't speak for Sam, and I'm, he's going to jump in here in a minute, but I wouldn't really put a wine in the can. Yeah. Paquette's a little different. Yeah. Um, because, well, there's both winemaking and business reasons that it doesn't progress you put it in the can and that's it. It's done, right? It's done. So if you did that, it'd be a something that you'd have to sell within the year. And that's the business end of it is that if you can something, it's you got to move it within that year. And and then after that year, you're 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 in trouble. They give you a year. Basically, they give you a year. The, the the ball corporation you send them Guarantees you, a fucking you year. send them a sample yeah. and they make sure that it's chemically suitable for their can and then they guarantee it for a year. So, I mean, and those people who have held on to our first release of the Primitivo from, from, you know, 2020, Kevin Burns is raising his hand over there. Um, and, and we opened one on canning day yesterday 
and it still it still tastes pretty good and it still has the you know, holding on to fruit um you know we canned it on may 5th 2021 so on may 6th are you going to open that can and it'll be bad i don't probably not yeah um for sure i, I didn't put wines into it that um needed to progress or that would you know they probably do fine in a bottle and progress but um they work in the can um for me the cans open up wine to a place where it's hard to get it and not that it's hard to get wine when you're in the place but it's hard to bring a bottle of wine to the golf course the the pool deck maybe mm. um you know because you know somebody's kayaking. gonna break a fucking glass it's not a party to a glass right. is broken and you totally. want a glass broken at the fucking and, pool and the other piece about it that i love um is that it's a you know it's a 250 milliliter can yeah it's it's a glass and a half if you aren't committed to a whole bottle but you want to share a glass if you're not wine, committed to a whole bottle leave right. this podcast now <laughs> right Stop listening. It was enough to get me from your place to the girl on the pig. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Two blocks. It's a two block can. Um, And, you know, if you had been drinking a bottle of wine out of a paper bag walking down First Street West, you'd pay all right. You probably would have been fine, also, to be honest. But um, you'd be a bum. You've no money making hardcore to the curb bum. (laughs) Bum. Straight up bum. Um, $16,600. It's classy. Uh, it's organically farmed. <laughs> the thing that the cans do magically that bottles do not do is ship in the summer. Ooh. And and I can ship a case of cans for the cost of four bottles of wine. So all of a sudden, you know, these hurdles that we're talking about, we didn't even get in, you know, in our supply chain issues and all these, you know, expenses going up. Shipping is shipping sucks and it's way more you know 40 percent more expensive than it was this time you know a year and a half ago and so being able to like cut some shipping costs deliver something you know all summer long when you know if you're in the dtc business Mm -hmm. you know cash flow can be dry that time of year Mm -hmm. and um thank you you know sort of open up some of these things and then there's a little bit of like a carbon footprint reduction there's like a little piece of that you know mining aluminum is probably not the best thing in the world but there's a lot of the aluminum out there is recycled <laughs> so you know it's easy to recycle it's easy to ship it doesn't weigh a lot it, you know the truck driving up to deliver it you know it was a pickup truck you know they don't need a big truck so there's a lot of advantages to it um and you know i don't know it's good to have the other thing about it was most wine out there in cans sucks yeah because people think i'm putting it in a can i have to put the shittiest stuff that we have or find something cheap in bulk yeah um and yeah. so putting something that you know i would put into a bottle um kind of like change that perception of it a little bit um i think is is important also because you know and it's a it's a needle to thread for sure because you know you gotta have something that's gonna taste good out of the can but mm-hmm. also um you know you know watch your costs and and um there's some logistical problems there too though so you guys had a canning truck at the winery yes so the the can van shout out to the can van they show up with a trailer and (laughs) unload a canning line set it up and And what can they do and this may not be the venue for this but what could they do in a day how many cans can they bust out we did um we started, we had a little delay in equipment. It was on our end, not their end. So we started about 11 and we finished at four o'clock yesterday. 
and we did um, 456 liter cases. And that was your total production? That was our total production. Okay. Um, and so, yeah. you know, in uh, two-thirds of a day, two-thirds of a, you know, so in a, a full day, you can do 600 cases or so. So it's not yeah. it's not super fast. It's about 40 cans a minute. And that's um, not the equivalent for everybody out there to a nine-liter case of wine. That's a like a six-liter six case, case of wine. Of wine yeah. Yeah. 24, 24. Uh, 24 250 liter, uh, milliliter cans yeah um so it's definitely a little bit slower um there are faster can lines out there but the thing about this one is uh a, like a less than three percent loss rate and i've heard some of these other canning lines that go fast but your loss is 10 15 20 percent so um you know there's there's I was talking to a, a winemaker at uh, Joel they, Burt Las Haras. they overfill them uh, yeah, yeah, as I they can and through the and and he was talking like his loss rate in the first time they did it was like up to 20 percent. i mean remember those yeah. lines were built for beer and and yeah, beer doesn't they, they cost care. anything to make they don't right, care right so, well when i, I I'm, I'm fucking ipas what a racket 25 dollars <laughs> you fucking prove your label on a uh, crazy label laser printed right. and nobody Stop approves on. it you nobody, don't have right, to worry about right, right. what boobies on it or right right and and and, and a fucking four pack yeah Twenty four ninety nine. What a racket! <laughs> well, and I uh, for my piquette, I took it to because I had a little bit more than like a canning run would do. I did it at a place that's up in Sonoma that's Free Flow Wines, and they have a canning line, a high speed canning line. Yeah, Burns is saying it's worse than fucking like old English to hang over from. Like you drink two fucking IPAs. Yeah. Oh my god, so much sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, case. Go ahead. Uh, no, 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 no. So you, you did it at Free Flow. I did it at Free Flow, and they sure have a thousand case minimum. So that really puts a, a kibosh on anybody trying to, you know, bottle a little bit of, or put right. a little stuff in can. Um, you know, it's just not practical. You're talking about three thousand gallons of, of liquid at that point, and that's a, that's a lot. Um, and they gave me a deal because it was, I was like the first one on that high speed line. Um, so did you do a thousand cases of Paquette then? I did seven hundred. Okay, so enough yeah. enough to get it under there. To, yeah, they were. I was close enough, and it was new on the high speed line. Um, but you, I'm just getting at the point is that this is not a cost effective for for most small producers. So throwing something that's like a good product into a can like just doesn't happen a lot because in order to have that volume to get somewhere where you want to put it, you know, in right. a can. Well, and I'm, you know, I, they're not. I don't sell them at an inexpensive price. You know, it's thirty six dollars for four for a liter. Um, so, you know, it's not it's well, going back to my IPA thing, man. At least you're wine. actually, yeah, I mean, come on, that's but still, it's not, it's not, it's not IPA, not, right? It's yeah. not IPA money. Yeah, it's not IPA money. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. It's not, it's not like we made this for five cents. And we're just... <laughs> well, and the only reason I did, I went down that road is because Baquette doesn't cost me anything, right? Uh, you know, except for the package. So it, it wasn't a big deal for me, but if I had a product that was costing me, you know, 20 bucks a gallon and then i was turning around and trying to put it in a can i would right. be hesitant to do that <laughs> but you know I, I, maybe i got lucky we'll see the last year's was successful and um, you know, i did a little more this year and added the the white blend um and delicious. it's delicious kevin kevin burns approved he's had, kb approved he's had two already um, <laughs> <laughs> may may or may not have been on Highway 101. Um, <laughs> well, 
no, it's pulled He over said here. may or may not have been. <laughs> yeah, and no one really even knows it was not, you exist. It was not. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no one's ever seen you. You could just be someone that we talk right. about in the third person. We just we've allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, he's the foil. <laughs> this is Kevin Burns' first shout out on the Black White Guy. Experience. I know. Kevin Burns. I, I can't believe I met this guy in real life. He, he made it. He murdered it. <laughs> somebody <laughs> how's that laying and read cabernet franc oh my god there, guys menthol for days it's it's got menthol for days man oh this was yesterday's this was show yesterday's show so while i was slaving yeah. away on the canning line exactly right taking we instagram you, pictures while other people were shout out yeah um this is uh their uh their california appellation you know a little more meant to be driven kind of uh uh, everyday drinking wine, not necessarily meant to. I mean, it, we had a discussion of how it ages out and stuff, but um, you know, bright and fresh and uh, very crushable. What, yeah, this is like one of the first Cap Francs I ever had when I came into business in the late '90s, man. And and it's just, it's just beautiful stuff. Yeah. Do we know where it's from? Uh, it's California Appalachian, so it's uh, it's a little bit of Napa. It's some um, Sierra foothills. It's some central coast. Um, traditionally, it had been a north coast thing. And then with fires and uh, supply things, this one has moved to a California Appalachian. Um, they do. A, he does a Napa Valley bottling also. Actually, he does a couple different Napa Valley bottlings. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it's a good show. Um, uh, John... Um, was worked in hospitality and moved out to California. I shouldn't have shooted on hospitality, should I? That's all right. He's a, he's a, he's a winemaker now. Yeah. Um, but moved out in '79 and and worked for a bunch of people. And um, so he told some great stories. Wasn't about me. Some of the people he worked for. <laughs> All right. It's a good thing we don't do shows together all the time, MJ. <laughs> I, I know. I was well, never in well, a class with you. I think we'd have been I, in the back. Oh, dude, <laughs> we'd have been in trouble. Uh, by the way, you should join the um, "What Phil Sent Me" wine club. Then you could you could hang out with me and Sam <laughs> yeah. and, and and real comedians. <laughs> yeah, people do this for a living. Actually, do this for a living. Jamie's gonna be here tomorrow. Holy shit! We need to work. I'm, Something's gonna have to happen tomorrow night. <laughs> I pulled in some reinforcements for, oh. for the tasting tomorrow, so I got Jamie on on the table, and he he's you know oh. professional actor and comedian has no idea what he's walking yeah. into tomorrow oh, in that place. Snap, yeah. Jamie is funny as shit. Shout out Jamie Kaler. Yes. He's been on every television show. He's been, been, been on every fucking every, every, Exactly. He's been on every fucking TV show. He might have been walking by in the background, but yeah, he, was he was on it. it. He was on it. Yeah. You know, the other day. The person who is Jamie. Jamie. He's. Look at Casey being like a podcast. I was like, bring it back. He, he is a stand up comedian and <laughs> and Hollywood, you know, TV actor who literally, like, if you pulled up his IMDb, it's like a, a it's like thousand school, shows it's down. that he yeah, was yeah. a one or two episodes on, yeah. uh, like a Tacoma Fire Department the Tacoma show. Fire Department, that's yeah, like Tacoma, the most recent yep. like, sort of regular on. role. Um, Casey's still wondering how it relates. He just, to put, right? I mean, he sixteen six hundred. Uh, so okay. we've been doing, so we've been doing <laughs> and we have one coming up May first. Yep. Um, we've been doing uh, vir so virtual vinyl Sunday. Um, to sort of fill in some of the hospitality <laughs> gaps from uh, you know the tasting room where we would do these vinyl Sunday parties and have music and and food and you know people inside spinning records the whole thing so we you know kind of tried this 
get some of that vibe and and put it online. Um, and so with Jamie's, he has a, a Facebook Live TV show called um, the, Parents the Parents Lounge. Lounge. Yeah. So sort of like presented by the Parents Lounge. It's on Facebook Live, <laughs> and Jamie gets you know Jamie MCs as the comedian brings comedy friends on you know musician friends i bring some musician friends we get mj and my dad talking and you know we get mj and my dad talking and everybody goes and you know takes a smoke break because <laughs> we got we, like all right, there's 20 minutes <laughs> all right great uh yeah and somehow i i, I somehow <laughs> i bring <laughs> phil back around yeah so we let mj wrangle no, actually, wrangle so phil funny. a little bit yeah, they go smoke and all of a sudden like and they're like okay phil so, <laughs> so wrap it up <laughs> Like that. That's Chappelle's skit. Yeah. Wrap it up. Like, wrap it up, B. Wrap Yo, up. wrap it up. Uh, so the, yeah, that's uh, so we've done four or five of them, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, Jamie and MJ. Have, it's another one of these like virtual, yeah. You know, pandemic friendships. Yep. Uh, yep. That you'll get to meet in real life tomorrow. Yeah. No, Jamie's. He's when you and he brings. He's got friends who like comedy writers. Like right. like it, it, like literally. It, fucking he had the guy like yeah drop the chalupa on the last right, one yeah, yeah. He had the, the, uh, uh, voiceover henry ariza yeah, 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 something yeah, like that. he's yeah. like the guy who was the voice of the of the chihuahua the, the taco bell chihuahua and like <laughs> half the characters on the simpsons right and, right yeah yeah, yeah. Somebody has to be, right? Somebody has to be, yeah. No, Somebody's uh, got to make money for no, what his, they do. <laughs> because he's been on every Somebody show ever. Somebody's got to be able to buy a house in L.A. <laughs> get residuals. Yeah, straight. Are there residuals? Well, if only we had good voices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talent. <laughs> At least MJ's got a producer. <laughs> I'm legit. <laughs> I pay someone. <laughs> Welcome to the winemakers. If you've you've listened this far, (laughs) order order with the code winemakers podcast and you get 1% off at (laughs) Jeff Cohen Cellars. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for the the sales tax. Let's, exactly. As long as we're shipping out of state. Uh, You'll get two dollars off the we, tasting room for your tooth and nail. <laughs> should we should we bring it back around? Yeah, let's bring it back MJ, around. what is the one thing that you are most excited about uh, in the next two days hospice run? Oh man, um, being around people who um, are like minded in wine. Like so, something that was said a while ago, and then we've been drinking a ton. But like, what happened? I think during the pandemic was like, you know people talk about finding your tribe and I think um, we all kind of like found our tribe. And so to be here with a bunch of like-minded people from around the world and um, just to get to shoot the shit. I, what do I do? I, I don't, I would say what do I do for a living. Mm, that's, that's really stretching it, but I, I drink wine and talk shit and I just drink wine and talk shit and, and, and connect with people. So that's where I'm really just most excited about. Cool. Bart, uh, you know, just, same same feel the same way i mean i'm just excited to be back at a a big tasting and 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 engage with people and uh you know let them ask some questions and you know let the wines speak for themselves and and more more than that is i want to get out and taste a bunch of wines like i I, it's not the greatest place in the world to taste wines 
but just walking around and having well, the conversation. As a producer, no, as somebody who had to no, be there. Yeah. I mean, it, standing in a room with 300 other people, it's not the best place to sit and, and 700 evaluate. Oh, no, no, right? no. Like, this but, is, this is, oh, this, oh, this is the way. <laughs> but, but this episode brought to you by the Paso Wine Group. Maybe I had to run this back and think about what I said. Did he just shit on Paso? Back up past. You saw that? This is this is why we don't have sponsors on our show. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a simple man. I'm just here to have a good time. <laughs> Jay Lover, my brother. Yeah, I'm like giddy with excitement because you know it's like I feel like I've kind of been. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff, I said giddy. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, no, I've, I've, I've been like in my shell, you know, for the last couple of years and look out. <laughs> All right. JC. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I, I have to agree with all of you to be able to go out there, taste people's wines, really get to see them, to hold conversations with people in person. That's probably the, the the most important thing out of this whole event that's going to happen, um, and and not have to see them on the internet with the Zoom or any of that, and really be able to, to give a hug. Yeah, there you yeah, go yeah. to give a hug. Should we do it? Should we do it? Oh shit! So I gotta say what I'm excited for. Uh, I'm excited to go to a live auction that six years from now we can bring back the wine and be like, hey, y'all remember when I bought this? Let's drink it now. Aren't you excited? Uh, that's it. Right. Oh, Wait, shit. He just reminded me something. This, this, it will be, it will already have happened, but there is a black wine guy auction lot. There is. Woo! Yeah. And, Am I and, supposed to bring that down? No, okay. we, we ship it later. I did. I did. Right. I didn't, but I, I see there's a I, box over there. I, I can make one. I, <laughs> I think you have enough. And, 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 I brought and enough like, fucking wine. And and three of the four pe- three of the winemakers that were generously donated are here. Um, so that's pretty fucking cool. Right. Oh, and and what you know what you're gonna get with that? You actually get a thirty minute IG live, so you can just you can roast me. Can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never been more excited. Cab Franc is delicious. To try something the Cab Franc. The thing I love about this is we're all here for Rhone wines. And maybe this is like a thing that I've totally missed is we're all here for Rhone wines. And yeah, we talked about we're going to be like grenached out by Sunday morning. But um, we're here. We're promoting our own wines. We're rodent Rhone like and the we geeked the hardest in the last, you know, two hours on a Cab Franc and a Cab Franc blend. Right, right. <laughs> and, I, you know, just like... You know, you can't put us in a box, and and so I'm excited about that. I'm also so happy that um, just (laughs) two hours later, Brian Casey, the winemakers podcast. But wait, Brian walked in with wine and and a glass, and it's half empty already. Brian, have Brian, you've ever been on the the Black Wine Guy Experience podcast? Come sit down. No, sir. Brian. What are you most excited about? Ah! Brian, you holy shit! Showing up on time. Whoa! Look what he brought. 
Talk about wait. We thought we were done. Things, talk about things you <laughs> can't get. Shit just fucking turn. Yeah. We're not even an yeah. hour and a half yet. We're oh, we're and we're definitely go. not talking any more shit about Gallo. <laughs> Neighborhood, just I know. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dude. All right. We all just uh, some had a moment. What do we, what do we, we have here? some Randall Graham. Randall Graham. Oh, the new Randall Graham. Yeah, language. Yeah. Yes. Everyone's <laughs> like, shit, shit. <laughs> what do we do? It's okay. Hey, hey. Burnsy, it's okay to dump shit out, man. This We're is some good radio, man. Good radio. <laughs> just good radio. <laughs> if you've made it this far, you will also there probably. A there's a white, too. There's, there's a, a rose. There's a rose. There's a rose. It's a rose. But you gotta, you have to read the fine print on the back of the grenache on the very bottom in tiny lettering that kind of explains. Hi, everyone. That kind of explains. um, Has anyone ever had Donna Fagata Benrier dessert wine? Just uh, take that as a no. <laughs> oh, is this some? I I, I, like I pour that shit on my cornflakes. Yeah, no, it never. Okay. What the so, I don't even know what the hell that is. Exactly. It's so he Thanks, he he harvests the grapes and then okay. takes a portion of them and and dries basically just leaves them on the ground for three days right. and then does a super gentle press. So I've never had Grenache that didn't have Chuck, tannins. It's it's kind of freaky. So, uh, this is really wow. small and maybe Woo! I'm just not as young as I used to be. And nice. um, passage is a technique, technique allowing for the discrete drying of grapes, typically en souche. I love it when you have a definition and you have to fucking look up the words in the definition. To- <laughs> you remember? I love that. You're literally the youngest person here, and you can't read it. We're fucking doomed. There's no way. Okay. Randall, we love you. There's no way Randall can read this. I used. Yeah, I know. I saw him tonight already. Randall's there. What the hell? Wow. Invite them all down. Crowd is there. Yeah, Randall just got some budwood from me from up at Rockpile. Where's he for? For it's where? Stuff I brought from. Sam, he said bud. I brought. I brought some bud. Yeah, wrong budwood. He said wood. He said it's the wrong budwood. I was just happy I wasn't driving my own car. But did you really drive a car at all? I didn't drive anything. Right? The white. I haven't tasted with the white. Holy shit. But the white shit. is technically a rosé. He calls yeah, it a pink wine. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, it's I'm sorry. I love Randall Graham. Tiburon, Tiburon. That's not a rosé, man. That is 35% that's white. That's white. That's white wine. What do you mean it's rosé? And we know more Vin, about white wine. I know. I agree. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, he could do whatever the fuck he wants to do, right? <laughs> like, is, like literally, we're... we're in, this is at, a Gallo project. This is a a Gallo wine. At the end of the day, we're we're here at Hospice Rome because Randall, he's the fucking original Rome Ranger, right? So, like, he can say what he wants. But I can tell you it's delicious. I really hope people listen all the way to the end of the show. They will. will. (laughs) It's enthralling. (laughs) That's a great label. So, so Brian, tell us where you've been for the last uh, hour and a half. All right, so Dr. Nick Dukuzilian from Gallo has been talking about antiscions and and cluster size and creating the the best uh, way to accurately depict the highest quality grapes, and mostly it's due to color. Black wine guy. But I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> Some it people was a very racist uh, lecture that he gave. 
and how to and how to get those color and how to get the color. In, I was born in, this way. Doesn't this isn't this Enologics? <clears throat> yeah, it sounds like Enologics. The phenolics, the whole right. profile. Totally. totally. Um, Ferment it for four days at 95 degrees it's, and then press it and hope that it goes dry. <laughs> it's, 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 I will tell you this, this right? Van, yeah. I, I, will, I will give yeah. it Van Gris. I won't give it Rosé, but this Van Gris yeah, is amazing. Thing. Really yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Like said, it's very pretty. Yep. Try the en passelage. And that on passelage is... I can't wait to try that. Um, oh, oh, oh. It is silky. Oh, yeah, but do. Perfect. What's the vintage? 2020? I can't fucking... 2020, yeah. 2020. Yeah. I have to... I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the loosest um, winemaker's podcast that we've had. <laughs> oh, my, shit. What did I miss? My bad. Uh, there is a... Ryan, there's 42 bottles of wine. <laughs> there's a through line to um, our... Infamous Jeff, Jeff got Cohen, kind of excited. Jeff Cohen <laughs> and just started episode. pulling corks. Well, they invited me over. Mi Mr. Mr. Burns was like, "Open whatever you want." <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> Mr. Burns was like, "It's good thing it was plastic." Burns was like, "Excellent." Man, if it isn't today, it'll be tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> the legend of Kevin Burns grows. <laughs> you know, you are. I'm like, an enigma. I, you are, dude. dude. You are. Real. Exactly. I could sit in the corner. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. He's like, I think I might open this. <laughs> I, I think you should. There it is. If it's on the counter, yep. it's fair. It's fair game, man. Not open yet. Uh, first rule of black wine guy and winemakers pod um, mashup is there are no rules. <laughs> Second rule is open all the bottles, and a third rule is you wish you were here. Bottles should third always outnumber guests. Hospice Road hasn't even officially started yet. <laughs> it started on January first. <laughs> It started. Right. It started when Vicky sent out that fucking email. Welcome to month four. Fucking hey. <laughs> Just when you thought it was safe to go home. Right. <laughs> I was talking to my my friend Brianne. She's a winemaker in Edna Valley. On Monday, because she's staying over this weekend, and yeah, about that. We used to work together, and I'm just like. We said at the same time, it's I love all, all happening, <laughs> you know? <laughs> totally. Production level high. It is all happening all at once. I guarantee you, this is going to be a very popular episode. <laughs> it's, it's all happening <laughs> at the zoo. I see you guys. Forty-five minutes ago, yeah. like, you know what? Someone said, "Play your dress." I, I really hope. Well, that's that's disheartening because he's a loyal listener. Right. He's like, he I'm was going to be the walker. But no parts of this shit. I mean, Brian Casey walked in, saying? poured himself a glass, and then walked right. away. Right. <laughs> he's like, can't keep up with you guys. There literally is. There might be like 
25 bottles of wine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, look, 11, 12, Brian 13, has one surgically 14, attached to his hand. 15, 16, 17, 18, <laughs> plus uh, some piquette. Plus and the two in the fridge that are open. Plus the two in the fridge. So we're at 20. Yeah. Well, there's there's clearly 20 people here, right? Yeah. Um, it's just a It's just a bottle for every person. Or two. Yeah. I'll see you guys. All right. All right. Hospice Daron. All right. Here we come. Hey, um, everybody. So, hey, for all you black wine guy listeners who have who may not be familiar. Did I just go with the winemakers pod? Uh, uh, Sam, tell everybody where they can find you guys and how they can be a part of what you're doing. We are on uh, all of the podcast platforms. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple. I said that one. Uh, uh, Amazon. Um, the wine makers, three words, um, that would be clever. And it turns out putting the in front of your, sh- is terrible, uh, SEO, but, um, and we put out, we try and put out about an episode a week. We're not organized and doing seasons and we, we basically I have a, record I, I, and Again, we I have a producer. I would not even right. be organized that way. So yeah, no, shout we, out to you guys for doing this shit. We, we, and we just grab people and put them on the show on the back porch of my tasting room. And obviously, obviously. And, and, uh, and love to, you know, find people, you know, like people like Casey Graybell, you know, doing interesting things. People who are, you know, making a couple hundred cases as a side project. People, you know, we've had big winemakers, small winemakers, um, you know, in the epicenter, grabbing people and putting them on the show. And also give them your your uh, sixteen six hundred Instagram handle all right. and all that stuff too. So man. at sixteen, the word six hundred, the number. That's the the and grapes with a view is actually probably what I'm more active. That's my my yep. quote unquote personal Instagram account. Um, and uh, you know, come most importantly, come to Sonoma. Now that you know you're feeling comfortable traveling, put your mask on or not. Uh, who knows? And uh, ninety-five it up and come see us in Sonoma. Right. And, and Bart, where can they find uh, you, man? At, at Dane Sellers. And uh, yeah, uh, come visit. Um, you know, we have a lot of fun with our podcast. Uh, Clearly, we had a uh, lot yeah. of fucking fun today. Um, MJ, thanks for doing this. Uh, yeah. No, thank you guys. You know, and 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 for and for all of our listeners that maybe have not listened to. MJ's um, get out there and check it out. Um, uh, MJ, why don't you give your yeah. uh, your important information? Yeah. So um, if you if you're not aware who I am, um, it's at Black Wine Guy on Instagram, and uh, you can just go. The podcast is called the Black Wine Guy Experience. But if you go to blackwineguy.com, um, there, you can listen to the show. You can get on the mailing list, and you can keep up with all the drinking I'm doing. And, and, and MJ's had some we're we're really focused on, you know, growers and winemakers. MJ's uh, focus has been things, a lot of hospitality people, a lot of just amazing personalities in the wine business and uh, it complimentary, but totally different. Yeah. So you're in a, the, we're in the epicenter of making and growing and you're in the epicenter of of selling it, which we, you know, drinking it and selling it. And, and if it wasn't for New York City, um, you know, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be doing what we were doing the way we're doing. In fact, my first pallet of wine going to New York uh, left today for the first time in two years. So right on. uh, I'll I'll be back. Oh, back in the city. Well, you know, anybody like, you know, um, when you come through, we'll get you on the podcast proper. Like I said, in the beginning, we did the IG lies. But man, you know, you're fucking you can stay at my house, whatever you need, bro. I got you. We'll be there. Follow follow at Black Wine Guy. Listen to a show. 
Brian Casey, any uh, finishing thoughts? Parting shots? No. Brian is actually <laughs> Brian is actually working. Yeah, he works. This. We're gonna we're gonna have fun and pour wine, and Brian is gonna work his ass off for the yeah. next forty eight hours. So shout out to the Psalms. Seven to one or something. Okay. And then I'll have fun. And after. then you'll take a nap. And then you'll work. And then I'll get and to then you'll and then, then you'll have fun. As long as I'm there the next morning. <laughs> All right, hospice to run. Cheers. It's happening. Cheers. Cheers. Hospice Cheers. Drink more. Drink more Grenache. We're out of here. <laughs>